Value Town is a production of ChamMV TV. Find out all show information and details at ChamMV.tv. Value Town is directly supported by listeners like yourself via patreon.com slash valuetown. What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 142 of Value Town. I'm Chan Man V, and today, of course, I have Ali Straza here, my host, or co-host. What's up? Greetings, hello. <laughs> Greetings. No, hello today. Hello. Uh, well, Jackie's not, not here, here, so, you know, it feels wrong to, to, to take his <laughs> greeting. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Jackie is, for those of you wondering, or, you know, still on Jackie's channel, of course, but uh, those of you that don't know, Jackie is en route to TwitchCon right now, so he is not able to do the show today, but we'll obviously have him back. Instead, we've got Toast here, subbing in for Jackie, a good... Substitute, I would good, say. Substitution, yeah. What's going on, buddy? How's it going? Hello. Well, well met. Well met. Okay. Oh, one up to me with the greetings there. <laughs> yes, yes. Happy, happy to be back. Ready to talk about all the fun happenings in all the, the fun happenings. Community. You always seem to show up when there's like some good juicy topics that weren't here originally. Actually, they were not even here yesterday, and then today, all of a sudden, all this stuff pops up on the subreddit. And Toast is on the show. Wow. How does that work out okay. like that? Uh, you, you asked me last week. I'm like, well, we're going to need stuff to talk about, right? So let's <laughs> uh, make some stuff So happen. you decided to, you know, sabotage all the firesides and everything. <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. All right. Uh, well, um, before we start, I do want to let everybody know that this episode is sponsored by not only our patrons, as always, you know, patreon.com slash valuetown, but also by Greats Shoes this week, just like last week. If you are interested in checking out some awesome shoes, go to www.greats.com. And uh, we'll talk, obviously, some more about how awesome their shoes are a little bit later, but just want to mention that to begin with. But we'll be talking about our week in Hearthstone, of course, some news involving Fireside as well as uh, the patch. Uh, and then HCT Summer, lots of things to talk about there, given that was the big event this past weekend, and it was uh, pretty hype. Um, and then we've got all of our fun underrated and debated. Ali's got a couple cards, Megator's Workshop, and then um, we've got Host Challenge, which a lot of you guys uh, sent in your uh, results from the Host Challenge. So it was a very successful host challenge this week and can't wait to tell you guys about it and then q a of course at the end if you got any questions for us uh go ahead and send those to valuetown at chainmv.tv and we'll get them on there uh but let's start off with our week in hearthstone so um i guess what have you guys been doing let's host we'll start with you given you're our guest what have i been doing i had legend oh, <laughs> legend man. for how like do you keep uh, track of it do you tally how many times you you actually had a legend not really, but it's something like I feel like I have to do at least once a month, like yeah, either NA or EU. Yeah. So I don't keep track, but before I started streaming seriously, I only hit Legend once, which the game has been out for really? like years oh, by then. That surprises me. I just feel like you were all, like I just feel like you were always good at the game, <laughs> so you would hit Legend every month. Okay. But after I started streaming, you know, because you play so much, it's just. You're gonna eventually hit legend. Um, mm. So usually it's around the middle of the month that I hit legend because the first week is crazy. 
and the last month is just a mad scramble for for everyone. But uh, yeah, a legend, and uh, that's about it. I've been trying some decks, but nothing jumps out. I think most of the cool, unique decks have been found. I've been playing a bit of <laughs> OTK Warrior, which oh, is oh yeah, pretty fun that's against fun. Priest. But how's that work? So it's uh, the Leroy Jenkins Don Honcho double inner rage with sudden genesis for uh, 30 oh, damage. Right. It's actually pretty wow. consistent. Okay. Is it really? Yeah. Against oh, Priest, okay. it's almost an out of win. That, wow. That's not very many pieces. Like compared to yeah. maybe the old ones. I think the old one you needed like seven pieces or something like six or seven pieces. This one is what yeah. five. That's not bad at yeah. all, actually. So the the main setup is just Don Honchoing a Leroy. So you have to have Leroy, and you also have to not have any other minions. But once you get that, you know, by then you've drawn your entire deck. Since you're running Wild Pyro, Battle Rage, Commanding Shell, <laughs> oh, Acolytes, yeah. it's easy for you to draw through your entire deck, like, real right. quick. Okay, that's that sounds like fun, man. Until yeah, I'll have to try that. Exactly. So I've been going the opposite direction of you. I've been playing Pirate Warrior because <laughs> it's not hipster to play it anymore. So, uh, or it's hipster to play it. It is now. hipster. It's to totally play hipster it. to yeah. play it. So now it's cool to play Pirate Warrior. That's the time that I play Pirate Warriors when like <laughs> it sucks, right? So, um, are, are you running the Prince list? Uh, so I've tried different variations. So let me show you like at least my latest one here. Let me see if I. Whoops. Ooh. Ooh, oh, that's a little bit of a <gasps> precursor to what we're going to be doing later. Don't tell him. Yes, don't tell him. Um, so let me bring it up real quick while... Um, shoot, I didn't have this one ready because we just added it last minute. But yeah, I tr I've tried different versions of it. And uh, the one I've been having at least the most success with recently has been this one. And it, it's not the Prince Kaliseth one just because... When I was doing Prince Kaliseth, it, you know, it's just like any Kaliseth deck. It's it's very inconsistent just because when you get Kaliseth, obviously your win percentage goes up by a lot. Um, but I think with the issue with Pirate, in my experience, versus say like a Kaliseth Zoo deck or whatnot, is that it's significantly worse if you don't get Kaliseth. Like, because uh, this deck re relies heavily on your curve. And if you miss two, it's super <laughs> bad, like really, really bad. Uh, I think it's much worse compared to the other Kelsa decks. Um, so, anyways, you know, I, I basically didn't do that. But the biggest thing, like I'm trying here, are, you know, the I'm putting the infiltrator infiltrators back just to like have um, tempo against everything, probably except for shaman and the the uh, maelstroms, and then just wanting to put vicious fledgling in it, just because vicious fledgling, I I feel like is a card that. I, I think it's good in almost any kind of aggressive deck just because one-off just by itself, it, it can actually affect games, which you can't say that much about any particular card early on in a game. So um, those are the two things I'm trying. I mean, nothing else is that, that much different, but I definitely feel the significance of how bad it is now with no Fiery War Axe and, and just how bad the two drops really are. Like, it's, it's crazy that there's... I, I tried everything... And they were all garbage, you know? So um, I feel like... had to put this Blood Cell Raider back in. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you don't have Keliseth in this, but there's really only two two-drops. So yeah. I feel like you could still almost try it, but I suppose the Raiders are good. Um, well, the Raiders, help, only... the, the Raiders help some of your other drops, too. So, um, well, actually, yeah. I don't have it anymore. I used to have the 3-4 in here, like the Cultists or whatever. But, um, yeah, it's it's not in here anymore, but... 
to your point, yeah, you're right. There, there's only two two drops, so it's not like significantly better with this current build. But I I added the infiltrators too. I think in this iteration, so that helped out a little bit with it. Yeah. Uh, well. but, but yeah, it's not it's not good against. I mean, it, it's good against um, the priest deck actually. I've been having a good winning percentage against uh, uh, just machine gun priest, but uh, it definitely has some trouble, or maybe a lot of trouble, against um, some of the wider decks. Surprisingly, yeah. even like shaman for some reason. It's just like I figured I'd do really well against shaman, but uh, I've been struggling a little bit against it. Beats hunter. That's okay against Rogue, but um, overall, it's it's just very, very much you know significant or very, very much uh, worse than it used to be. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, you, you kind of touch on the problem with Pyroar even before the nerf, which is their yeah. two drop slot, where they there's forced to either War Axe or you know Bloodsail Raider, which is why like if you're if you have the coin as Pyro Warrior, your win rate is like significantly higher because <laughs> you get to skip the you skip the turn to awkward yep. turn. Yeah. I mean, if you have War Axe on two, it's great, but like most times you either have like a frothing, a captain, a cultist. You got a lot of three drops, but your two drop is so like bare. And yeah, it's either Kelisath or you know Plus Hill Raider. And uh, yeah, I, I think the one thing that really pointed out or really showed me is just that um, the neutral twos are just not good. You know, like there are not very powerful neutral twos right now, which is probably a good thing. Yeah, that's really not. You know, I, I don't think it's yeah. necessarily bad for the game. I, I'm just kind of pointing out just something that I, I observed. Because literally, I was trying everything, and they're all, you know, either average-valued or, you know, something that's not going to stick to the board very well. And with this deck, like, you have to have some stickiness to it in the beginning. So, uh, yeah, anyways, yeah. It, it, it's... It's still pretty good, though. You know, like Pirate Warrior, it's just not top tier. You know, it's probably not even top two tier. Um, Dang. But yeah, give it a try. Vicious Fledgling, I, you know, when, again, like if if you can get a if you can get the coin, like uh, Toast was saying, Vicious Fledgling is awesome on turn two. Like I, I don't think any, pretty oh, much yeah. any class turn two Vicious Fledgling is pretty awesome. So um, uh, <laughs> it, it can win you games. Yeah, that's the whole point of putting it in the deck. I'll have to try it. Try yeah. it. Be a hipster, you know. Yeah, it, exactly. After right. it's after it's bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Al, you play a mage, right? Yes. I also was trying to be a hipster and not get legend with rogue, druid, or priest. Um, yes. <laughs> so, I've been playing a lot of mage. Uh, and honestly, like I had a I had a bad day today, but the last two days I had almost like a seventy percent win rate with this. Um, wow. it's shows list. I swapped, um, Skulking Geist for a, sorry, I, sw I swapped Meteor for Skulking Geist because usually I beat Druids if I have the Geist. Um, mm. and I, I love it. I, I absolutely love this deck. The Geddon is, we've pro we've probably talked about yeah. this before, but mm. the Geddon's insane. It's just so, so good. It's won me so many, uh, matches, uh, with the Jaina out. It's fantastic. It's um, Reno Geddon, man. That's what he is. Yeah, it's Reno Geddon. It totally <laughs> That's his is. Name. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people keep bugging me to take the Elise out of the deck too. They're like, Allie, take it out. But um, Elise has definitely won me multiple games as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially against some like control warriors or quest warriors. It just gives you some extra push. Um, yeah. No, I've been 
really, really enjoying this quite a bit. I've been playing a little bit of Secret Mage too, but mostly this list. So. <laughs> yeah. Right up your alley for sure. <laughs> right up your alley. I once <laughs> earlier this week, I got Raza from Frozen Clone. I was playing against Priest. <laughs> Holy smokes. And I can, I can confirm that Raza with this deck is also good having that free water ellie can confirm yeah i could see well. Raza being very good in Two many many too. classes <laughs> yeah. yeah so that was a fun discovery yeah, Raza's yeah. Also good. that's cool but, that's cool uh, yeah uh i think i've seen you play some of this before too toast right or some control mage maybe in, at some point yeah, I I run the Frost Nova like Frost Nova Blizzard Doomsday like more freeze mm -hmm. variant. Mm -hmm. but, um, this variant looks like it's it's got a bit more early game like more proactive plays with Mana Worm and Elise yeah. and uh, also Geist. Geist is an interesting topic because like people talk about like do you need Geist to win? And, like against J Drew, I can imagine you definitely do, but uh, I, I'm still not sold on Geist. It's got some good hits yeah. though. Like it hits evolve, it hits yeah. you know even some of the priest's cheap spells. So I think the geist yeah. makes a significant difference in the priest. Sometimes like being able to stop them with the power with shields, potion of madness, mm -hmm. especially in the late mm -hmm. game when they're machine gunning, is really clutch. Because I've actually beaten um, Jade Druids without the geist, it, it, just by you know having pressure with Medivh yeah. and just kind of it spiraling out of control. So I don't think you absolutely need it, but the fact that it's kind of clutch in multiple matchups mm -hmm. i think is definitely warrants running it it's not absolutely necessary but yeah yeah it's the, so great the to pint, size is, uh, pint size is probably the biggest thing for oh that's it's, so it's, true yeah i forgot oh, that yeah, as well it's huge because like yeah. after they use their drag the dragonfire potion doesn't clear your water elementals mm -hmm. so if you have like two water elementals it's like it's so much trouble for them because they're trying to burst you down right and mm -hmm. They have to spend so like true. 12 damage on water at least so yeah, yeah. guys against this one actually probably more impactful than guys against jay druid these days yeah it's, yeah it's a misnomer i think a lot of people are still thinking that in terms of that when no there's actually a lot even like against shaman too like i think shaman like not having two evolves is really oh, bad for that deck really hurts really them, really bad sure. yeah. yeah it's not an auto win but it's pretty pretty bad like a significant yeah. drop in win percentage um, Basically but, limited to just thrall at that point. Yeah, I yeah. I just love mage. Every time mage comes up, it's it's fun. I mean, Frostless Jane is still my one of my favorites, uh, if not my favorite hero. The whole whole thing. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, give it a try, guys. I, th I think this deck is uh, definitely a lot of fun. Um, we might have to we might have to get that combo warrior list from you <laughs> to toast and <laughs> and really check that out. Um, but yeah, th those of you that maybe played some cool decks, go ahead and send those in because we we're always uh, interested in trying out some different decks. Uh, why don't we move on to some news? And the big news, at least yesterday or last night, or mostly yesterday, second half of yesterday, is that the new patch is out. So the the Happy Hollows End patch, which uh, clearly is a Halloween <laughs> patch or Halloween type of event for everybody, uh, is out. It's got the new card backs, of course. So... Um, and it's got headless horseman dude, and um, mm -hmm. these card backs are mm, all right. I mean, all right. Yeah, I mean they don't look. I mean I like the little fish or whatever on these, uh, but for the most part they don't look necessarily 
Halloween specific in any way. <laughs> um, but the you know the fireside gathering, obviously, um, the the Nimsy was out, and then some of the the fireside updates they were showing off, and we're, we're about to talk about some fireside drama in a second. Um, yeah. So a lot of the stuff was you know is supposed to show up when you go to the fireside. So there's a whole UI now that they have for it, which is cool. They they started already. They had this UI that was in the actual you know friends or social. Um, a uh, little pop-up here in the beginning, just whenever you're at a fireside, but now there's even more. Uh, but some of the other changes that they made were, let's see, Arena. So Vicious Legend is no longer drafted in the Arena. <laughs> you know, I was just kind of talking about how powerful it is, <laughs> just putting it in any deck. In Arena, it was ridiculous. And Toast, I know you were playing a lot of Arena at least like a week ago. So did you notice, or did you get Vicious Legend much at all or no? Mm, probably once in like oh man okay that's not that 30 games yeah i, I definitely you... didn't see much it's it's mostly bone mares right now <laughs> yeah yeah that's what you get when it's like you know it's a common card that's <laughs> uh... so yeah not too much uh, vicious fledgling actually which was surprising because i was trying to think mm -hmm. what they did on turn three but it was really vicious fledgling it was mostly bone mares yeah. The the one that you did have vicious fledgling though, did you just crush <laughs> crush everybody? I I, I, I uh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. When you, okay. when you have it on three and they don't have it's, an answer, it's like it's it's over. GG. Yeah, right? Yeah. And that's I mean that it's gonna come up again a little bit later when we talk about HCT, but I just I think that there's not many cards like that in the game. Where literally, mm. like, it can stand alone, no synergy with anything, like, literally by itself, if it survives. So it's true. It's just like, oh, you're, you've, you've upped your winning percentage by 10, 15%. So, um, uh, well, so, he got the mix. Yeah, so. exactly. Exactly. Got the Flappy Bird. Uh, another thing, too, the first two picks in the arena are no longer going to be those synergy based cards. I think a lot of arena players will be like, thank goodness, like, no more. Uh, totally. Yeah, because that was causing even more variance. I think a lot of people were noticing. Um, and then let's see, we we see some. I think more appearance rates were adjusted. You know, for those of you that th there's definitely some posts in the forums with, um, I think Ixar and some of the other guys that that probably clarify some of those things. Um, one of the big things is just that some of the the stack mechanics are different too. Which uh, if you're wondering what stack mechanics are. You know, just kind of the ordering of things. And the most popular thing that a lot of people were talking about was the unlicensed apothecary. You know, it, mm -hmm. it, it was reading when you summon your minion. So when people would get it on Evolves, they, they would just die sometimes, which was yeah. funny, but at the same time, not funny for a lot silly. of people. Yeah, yeah, just silly, right? <laughs> uh, same thing with Pyromancer. And, and we had a, a video made by Blizzard recently explaining just some of these different mechanic uh, changes. So overall, I think those are good. I mean... What do you think, Allie? Like, you approve of uh, some of these type of changes? Yeah, I think I approve of most of them. The one, uh, I was watching a friend last night, and it was a big topic of discussion in his chat, was uh, the counterspell change, where, um, you know, counterspell, it didn't matter the order that you played it in originally, it would just always trigger to counter the spell. But now... Um, it actually, you know, if you play Spellbender first, mm -hmm, it right. will summon the minion, the spell, summon the one three, and then counter it. Uh, which I think it makes Secret Mage worse, but yeah, I think this is the correct ordering. Like it should have been this way, sort of thing. Um, but yeah, overall, I'm 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 relatively, you know, happy with the 
be with the changes. Yeah. I don't know if it makes secret. It could. It depends how you look at it, right? Because if yeah. You, because if you're purposely trying to, you know, bait them with a, a goofy order, right? Then maybe it's not so bad. You know, the fact that they know that your counter spell would be first, mm -hmm. so they can test for it first, actually might be bad for you, right? So mm -hmm. I think it depends on how you look at it. I, I could see it either way, actually. Um, and well, you don't get to keep your spellbender, right? Because originally. You know, the counter spell would just oh. stop it. And then I think the, the spellbender stayed, correct? Oh, the, I see what you mean. Okay. So right. now it if you played spellbender first, it, burn it triggers the spellbender oh. and it burns it get triggers by both. So okay. I think okay. that's why it makes it significantly worse. Okay. In that in, in that instance. I didn't know they changed that. Yeah, they did. Mm -hmm. Wow. That sounds like a pretty significant change yeah and i don't think it was in the patch notes yeah i didn't spells, uh, yeah like I'm, I'm spells that are canceled by kind of spell will now trigger any whenever you cast yeah, a spell, and that's a, that's spell exactly. i didn't yeah. interpret it like that okay that makes total that, yeah yeah I, well i was like i, said, I watched it last night and yeah, it happened yeah that's like so. wow okay so another thing <laughs> yeah. is lord jaraxxus doesn't trigger repentance and sacrifice there's a lot of these like exceptions i think they're starting to, like to finally would now trigger any whenever and after you cast a spell effect. Oh, that's crazy, right? Like that's. So, I mean, so it, yeah, like in, it makes in sense. The past. Yeah, it. It makes it, sense. It does, yeah. right? Like it should. I feel like it should have been like that, probably. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, I mean, because all they're this. See, this is what I mean. Like all these inconsistencies are starting to finally. You know, match, love, you know yeah. well, they're trying. They're trying to correct a lot of them. Yeah, of and course. I think that this ordering of ca casting spells. I mean, that's how it is with all the other secrets. It should have been the same for this one, right? Um, so that's good. And Lord Jaraxxus, I think, no longer triggering that stuff. I think Jaraxxus is just an exception, period, because it's like, it's a weird thing. It's like a, a minion and a hero at the same time. So yeah, um, yeah, but. Overall, uh, Toast, I mean, you're, you're the video maker of, like, all of these exceptions. So what are your thoughts? Is it putting you out of business? Is that, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think from a rule book point of view, everything makes a lot of sense. And it's going to be better in the long term. But I think that the only thing is, like, a lot of people, oh, like, including myself, will have to just, like, unlearn these rules right. that we... Like, uh, I mean, like, even as something as simple as Eternal Servitude-ing uh, Pyromancer, right? Mm -hmm. yep. uh, four mana, you summon it, and it instantly deals one damage to everything. Like, now it doesn't happen, and you got to remember that, you know, when you're mm -hmm. trying to think of these extra little plays. But uh, everything makes sense to me. Um, really cool Blizzard to, you know, eventually step in and say, all right, we got, you know, say it now. Or else it's just going to keep piling on, piling on. Yeah. And more people will learn, you know, the old way to do it. So, yeah, pretty pretty chill of them. Yeah. Their patch notes and was very comprehensive this time around. All the bug fixes <laughs> they had was listed all in the bottom. So I don't have to go back and like, recast it. <laughs> well, do you know, Toast isn't posting like a bunch of stuff on Twitter about the patch notes. You know, they've done a good job because normally yeah. I can always tell when there's something that, oh, they forgot this or this and that. So, um, Oh, um, the Raza hero power refresh, the animation takes a lot longer. And I don't know if that was on purpose or, or. Oh, really? They didn't, they didn't realize it. Yeah. Oh. Like, 
every so you can't machine gun as easily because the refresh animation I wonder if that was longer. Invisible. Yeah, I wonder. If I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so too. There must have been some kind of mechanic or something that that just you know caused it to happen that way. I don't think they were trying to nerf machine. Yeah, trying to nerf with yeah. the animation. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is a slight nerf, though. Like sometimes. It, oh, it totally is. Yeah, you have yeah. to get going with that machine gun turn a lot faster. Yeah, <clears throat> all the pros know all the the breakdowns, though. So yeah, they do. Yeah, they 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 can yeah. just queue it up, anyways. Um, but yeah, anyway, so this is out. It's not a huge patch, I would say. You know, like in terms of these little changes, I think a lot of these have been discussed on the subreddit, anyways, in the last few days. Um, but it's out there now, so good, good corrections by Blizzard for sure. Uh, but let's talk about some more news, which involves the Fireside, and you know, we were just talking about these features, which are awesome features for Fireside. You know, just the fact that you can go in there. Everybody's going to have their own UI when they enter the game that you can enter into Fireside brawls and duels and things like that. Um, but the execution of this whole, you know, Nimsy skin and going to Fireside obviously has not been going <laughs> in a very favorable way for Blizzard because uh, yep. today on the subreddit, just tons of people <laughs> posting about Firesides that they went to so and funny. nothing was bad. there and, and people just, uh, you know, basically submitting fake Firesides or, or Firesides that, that are meant to just literally... Um, get them the Nimsy skin and nobody else a Nimsy yeah. skin, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, let me get your thoughts on it. I, I obviously have my thoughts as an innkeeper, but as, yeah. you guys as, you know, players and people that would attend, um, maybe attend a Fireside, maybe not uh, somebody that would attend a Fireside. Uh, what do you guys think about all this? It's, it's quite a mess right now. Like, I, I get Blizzard's ideas. Like, they want to provide promote Fireside. Like, if you guys have been following Blizzard, they really want to make Fireside gatherings a thing. Mm -hmm. um, and this is essentially the biggest incentive they can give. And I, I agree, it's like an uh, exclusive Warlock scene can only get a Fireside gathering is a great way to, like, incentivize people, but also builds up some resentment, because these things are not that accessible to everyone, especially, like, in other countries, more remote countries. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, I have to start my own fireside gathering and I got to find people I don't know and I have to meet up with them and find a spot in a public sure. location. And I don't get it on the first try. It's the second one you host, I think, where it becomes available. So it's the third one, actually. Uh, but... <laughs> third one? Yeah, it's the third one. <laughs> so yeah. obviously this will incentivize a lot of Uh, tactic. Get <laughs> oh, he's being so away. careful with his words. This is this yeah. is great. Tactics. Tactics. Not have tactics. to go through all that process, all that you know, talking to other people. So yeah, I'm not surprised that this happened, but yeah, I do feel bad for like, oh wow, there's actually a fireside gathering down the street, or like a 15 minute car ride away. Let me just Uber it, and then he shows up and it's like, and it's not even a fireside gathering where he could have got the skin. Because it's uh, yeah, it's a yeah. first time fireside gathering. Yeah, so. there, there's been there's a lot of different issues like that are going on at the yeah. same time right now. So, yeah, you listed I think a few of those there. Ali, what do you think? I feel really bad, but some of these stories are hilarious. Like I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel oh, so no. like I I say okay. that in like 
I feel I do genuinely feel really bad for the people that spent the money to travel like yeah. absolutely but this one guy on Reddit he was like <laughs> I walked into a bar and oh, yeah. you know I was like where is the higher Hearthstone fireside gathering and I almost got my ass kicked for asking that question and I felt <laughs> he so walks bad. into a biker bar hey where's biker the video bar. game the meetup yeah. is it in here <laughs> poor guy poor guy i'm um, here for the warlock exclusive skin <laughs> exactly <laughs> what the hell are you talking about dude get out of here kid oh, um yeah. i sort of feel like it's a catch-22 because i i understand why blizzard wants to promote the fireside gatherings like it's very hearthstone you know it's the whole tavern feel go play with your fr you know friends like I, I like the concept i'm happy that they're trying to promote it um with this particular situation the fact that the fireside system isn't like perfect yet like i can see why they wanted to give the skin to promote the concept but the fact that it's such a big thing you know because skins are you know our new heroes are, are so uh, popular mm -hmm. without it being perfectly organized it's sort of like i get why they did it but I can totally understand the people that were upset because yeah. if I lived, you know, if I wasn't able to go and I love Hearthstone, it's my favorite game. I can't get it. You know, yeah. I, I, I see where they're coming from a lot. So, yeah, it's, oh man, it's, it's kind of disappointing for me because like, I, I am a huge advocate of firesides too. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I have my, you know, we have our own uh, tavern here, you know, in South Florida, me and uh, Shane, who's like co-organizer here. And, um, you know, we, we've established that we've had like, I don't know, 15, 10, 12, something, something like that, a bunch of them. Right. Um, so we're definitely an established in, innkeeper, but clearly, right. Like a lot of these people, um, didn't understand that, even though, you know, they were trying to get the message out, but the education aspect of it to the community, um, wasn't clear. So people looked on the site, they saw an, like a fireside and they just automatically assumed they can get Nimsy there. That's not true. You know, like you actually have to go mm -hmm. to an established tavern. And um, kind of the point of that is to make sure that they're, this is an actual real fireside. That was kind of like their safe measure, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> but the problem is, is that, you know, you know, that wasn't clear to the community. And on top of that too, it's just, I think even just first time firesides, I mean, they, they just need to do a better job of, of vetting through them like you can't just accept anybody you know like mm -hmm. there has to be some kind of proof that you're organizing it you know and i think that's a hard thing to do given that the fireside team probably isn't huge so the approval process you, you'd hate to have a guy that just literally reads through applications <laughs> all day but yeah. clearly they need to do that because you know people are just spoofing ips and just screwing with them and and just like literally having no firesides when people are reading these and going to them and I mean, there were some in like random it was like pokemon go man this is like one in the middle of a freaking park or or one in the, the some private office you know? it's just oh. crazy yeah yeah so um i feel like it's showing people being a little greedy too because didn't you say that there were actually some established innkeepers that were kind of i mean i think there like, were like have... few very very few very few yeah. i think but, there was there was yeah. one because i think one of the posts did say that you know they saw the the shield on the tavern you know like that's the mm -hmm. the icon that represents that it's a tavern versus just like your normal um normal fireside i think the normal fireside is like a sword or something like that so there's the instances where that actually happened too um, you know, I don't know which one it was or anything like that. I'm not going to obviously point out anything like that. But, um, you know, it wasn't just first-timers, too. It, it, there was definitely some people. So kind of getting back to 
to uh, Toast's point, you know, I, I think there is a lot of bad behavior that, that ends up resulting from this type of thing, which is people trying to game the system and, and mm-hmm. doing that sort of thing. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think it might have been good for them to just say that, you know, down the road, it'll probably be available just to folks, you know, if you don't want to go to yeah. firesides. But if you want to get it like now, then, you know, go to a fireside that's that's yeah. nearby. Or maybe, you know, said, yeah, anyways. Yeah. If they said something like that, I'm sure everyone would say, well, you promised us to Ronde would it be available after the Twitch Prime promotion like a year ago? And we haven't been able to get that, so. People tried to game I, the system with that too, right? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it was like, not as bad though, right? Like the, not as, yeah, not as bad. Because you just send, yeah. you can either buy it off like eBay or just make a Twitch Prime account. Like that was harder to game because it was being authenticated through Twitch. Yeah. Right. But, uh, and it didn't affect anyone. Like you don't screw yeah. someone. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't screw you don't someone's have, day like, over. Yeah, people come. Yeah. yeah. Oh, poor people. Yeah. Like it skins with Blizzard is like the only time it's been like success is like it's where it's like literally free. It's like here is my app. Play five games, you get it for free. Here's mm-hmm. Arthur's. You know, beat the list, can't get it for free. Now when they try to sell it, it's like oh my god, Blizzard so greedy and now that this happened i see so much threat saying yo can we just pay the 10 bucks this time around yeah that's right <laughs> maybe they did it on purpose they maybe they totally did it on purpose so that we'll pay more now for, for they could charge 20 no. bucks for nimsy and we'd all pay for it is that is that the deal <laughs> i'd pay 10 bucks for nimsy i'd, I'd pay 10 bucks for nimsy <laughs> yeah but um, um i hope it doesn't affect yeah. their fireside pushes though you know like i i, I still too. want local you know, just community-centric type of Hearthstone to to get some traction. And they've made big, you know, um, big features and things like that, you know, from the Fireside standpoint. And I think they've all been great. Uh, so I hope it continues. It doesn't discourage people. You know, some people are posting on the subreddit that, oh, God, does anybody even care about Fireflies anyway? So whatever. Yeah. I, I'm really happy to see a lot of people in the comments saying that, yeah, dude, we, like, go to one every single week and, you know, things like that because – it's true. I just I think the fireside community doesn't really speak out much, especially on the subreddit. So it's hard Probably. to t- even tell like how many people enjoy these things. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Anyways, hopefully they'll do better. They they obviously need to like make the process better, make the vetting better. Uh, hopefully they'll learn from it. Um, in the meantime, like they probably should do it right away. So there's not more people yeah. traveling, you know, like taking hour bus rides and going to it. Cause those are the worst, worst uh, of the stories when they show up and it's like, Oh, that sucks. I mean, at least you could have a, an event there. You know, if there was an actual event there, it wouldn't be as bad. Um, but okay. Well, why don't we talk about HCT summer finals or summer playoffs that happened this past yeah. weekend? And, um, man, th- that event went well, <laughs> like went really, really well. And, um, it's kind of funny, the timing of it. Cause we, you know, we had just been talking about how do we get more viewers, you know, for HCT mm-hmm. and things like that on the most recent episodes. And I think a lot of things worked very, very well for them. So uh, first off, did you guys get a chance to check out the matches, watch uh, a good amount of it or any of it? I saw the majority of it. Yeah. Okay. Most of them. Cool. Toast. Same. Same, all right. So, like the semifinals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, semifinals yeah. is pretty, pretty hype, <laughs> like crazy hype. Um, yeah. So I thought you, it was amazing. Yeah, I thought, <laughs> I thought it was amazing too. I mean, I, I for those of you that didn't watch it, spoiler alerts here. 
Um, Purple, Orange, Surrender, and Jason Zhao ended up making it to uh, the championships. You know, so those four qualified through it. Uh, but the 16 players that participated, you know, we talked about them last week in some of the decks. I mean, there was just so many cool storylines that were going on. Mm-hmm. Um, even some I didn't realize just because, you know, I didn't pay super, super close attention to each individual until I was watching it. Um, you know, even though we were looking at the decks and stuff. But, you know, during the broadcast, as we were watching them and, and as, you know, the matches were all super close, that worked out super well for them. I mean, 18 out of 25 matches, or maybe even 26, I, I think it was 25 in the end, 18 out of 25 went to game fives. I mean, that's, that's crazy. incredible percentage. That's three quarters of your, your matches almost going to, to the, um, you know, just the, the deciding game. So like each one of them was close. So, Nail biters. Yeah, yeah. And the viewership got up to 120k at one point. Um, yeah, I ask you, Toast, you know, because I think one of the issues that we brought up too is just that, you know, whenever you have big streamers like yourself streaming at the same time at HTT, it's just not going to work out for you, you know, in terms of trying to maximize viewership. Did you try mm-hmm. not to to stream during it this weekend? I noticed you did at the very, very end, but not in the not you know, during maybe prime times? I mean, for me, what I do usually when there's a big tournament is that if I can stream earlier to coincide with it ending, mm-hmm. I do it. So if it, like, if it ends at four, then I start streaming at three. But oh, right, um, right, right. because it goes right into my regular stream, I just started my regular time. And obviously, uh, it, the viewership is significantly less, right? But you can't really not stream and let the people who want to watch you, like, have no content, yeah. you can be like, right. well, I'm only going to get my 60% of my regular viewers, so, you know, I'm not going to stream. So, yeah, you just got you, you essentially just do your stream. But yeah, it definitely uh, affects viewership because we don't have that much, like, tournaments going on right now, so mm-hmm. when there's a tournament, especially like HCT, which is, like, the biggest <laughs> tournament, right? Um, everyone wants to watch it. Yeah. So was there any regard taken into just like wanting HCT to get a lot of viewership so you didn't stream? Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I just had it. I mean, <laughs> uh, no. Okay. I mean, okay. They have, they have like 100,000. Like, uh, yeah, but that's rare. This is like a first here. time. When's the last time we saw 100,000 like Hearthstone stream? I mean, it's been a long time. It's been a while, yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time. So mm-hmm. the fact that it was able to even snowball to that, I think was pretty, pretty epic. The reason why it got to 120K, because it, it was, you know, around 50 to 70, I think for a lot of it, is just like Orange and Pavel ended up meeting each other in the, uh, the yeah. quarterfinals, which was like, yeah. oh man, that was, Pavel was my pack pick, you know, like he was my champion I picked too. So man, all tournament long, he was like playing people that I was like rooting for, you know, Bites and, you know, obviously Orange too. So it's like rooting for Pavel at the same time. And he just had a, a really rough draw. But I think that series really brought it to, you know, just epic levels because they're two, they're not two super popular streamers, but they are two very recognizable people in our community. Pavel being world champ, obviously. And then Orange, you know, is somebody that a lot of us have known for a long time. And, you know, just your average... Hearthstone person knows Orange. Uh, you know anybody that's following Hearthstone. Uh, so that game actually uh, obviously took it to the next level. They probably gained like thirty or forty thousand during that series. It was pretty yeah. crazy. I was pretty torn during that because I yeah. like I picked Pavel as well, but I felt myself like the entire tournament 
wanting like pulling for orange so yeah. i was like i don't know how to feel because <laughs> facts but yeah no i was the same way i was <laughs> totally the same way how about you test like what did you think during that? You were starting to watch it during that time, right? The semis? So you were watching... No, no. So you missed that. Did you actually see that match or no? I watched the Pablo Orange one because mm-hmm. I was just trying to figure out how much packs were riding on this game because I think Pablo <laughs> is, of course, number one voted. And yeah. I, I would say Orange would be number two after oh, him. So. It's either Orange or Purple, I would think, would be yeah. the number two one. I think those were like the top three. Yeah. Uh, oh, if God. I had to guess. So yeah. Like <laughs> their packs, man. Yeah, the chat's us. just filled with like pack, 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 <laughs> And then right after it's done, it's like, all right, when do I get my pack? All right, orange one, where's my packs? Where's my packs? Um, <laughs> so it was a very, very close game, if I recall. Yeah, it was. I mean it went down to game five. It ended up being shaman for shaman at the end and mm-hmm. he just got wrecked with the draw. Like yeah. Oh, yeah. Pavel just could not I, I was telling Chris earlier, he, he mulliganed away the uh, primal fin totem, and he, he was on the coin, which I thought was slightly greedy. I'm cause surprised he did that. I don't even remember him doing I know. That. I was surprised, that's, that's... too. I felt like he just thought he needed the firefly. He needed to get on the board early, but um, yeah, he just drew, drew so bad. He drew two. He drew a... both of his bloodlusts. Yeah, there oh wasn't anything God, he could have done. It was so bad. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, a lot of the matches, uh, man, I think the majority of the game fives came down to priest versus priest or shaman versus shaman. So mm-hmm. shaman did not perform the greatest during this weekend. I mean, out of so all bad. the popular decks, <laughs> yeah, out of the popular decks, shaman I think did the worst. So um, yeah, a lot of people probably were regretting it just, maybe bringing it. I don't know. It just highlighted how inconsistent that deck can be. I think. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Game serval. So. Yeah. yeah, definitely underperformed in my book. <laughs> it did. Um, but overall, I think, I mean, we'll, we'll get into maybe some of the, there were some epic, I mean, one thing about the play, I have to say, is that this is one of the tournaments that you just, you could see great plays being made, you know, and I think the casters did a great job of pointing them out, you know, particularly, uh, there's a few games that, you know, like I think Kibler and Fernando were casting definitely did a great job of, of really building up moments and pointing out you know, why did he just crash that into the that minion for no reason, though it seemed like, you know? But clearly there was reason. Um, I mean, the whole Glimmer route, picking a wrong card on purpose, you know, nobody would have, like, it wouldn't have dawned on people that, you, you know, they would have picked it on purpose, at least not I the average person. I wouldn't have done person. that, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> looking, so, looking at it now, now I'm going to, yeah. I learned. <laughs> I <do laughs> right? the There's no way a pro picks the wrong card, guys. You know, there's just yeah. no possible. With, yeah. open, with open deck lists, so you yeah. know exactly. What yeah, of course, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyone that actually thought that he picked well, you know, the wrong card, come I on. I saw a mind breaker. I, I might not pick the mind breaker to be honest, but, uh, uh, but yeah, for the most part, you know, that, that, that was happening and, and yeah, we just saw great play, like great Hearthstone play. And when Amnesiac is calling, like saying some players are playing well on Twitter, you know that there's actually good play that's going <laughs> that's on. That's right? when you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I felt like this, this tournament was, is very obvious that, that these guys are better than m- most all of us, right? Or almost all of us. <laughs> so, yeah, um, these guys are pros for a reason. Yeah, definitely mm-hmm. the top pros, too. Um, and, and, you know, one thing, too, I think that lined up was just that there was a lot of just people that we knew, like Purple was in this tournament, Orange. You know, a lot of things lined up perfectly for it. And it's good to see that we can get up to over 100k viewers on, a, on an event. 
you know, it's possible. I think the world championship is lined is is in like the stars are lining up for the same thing to happen. I can't wait. Yeah. There's a lot of recognizable names there, like lots and lots of them. Um, and you know, you have people like surrender who I think just a lot of people are, you know, starting to gain respect for. And I mean, a lot of people that know Hearthstone know he's been a great player for a long time. Jason Zhao, he's been in HCT for how many years in a row now? I mean, that guy's like, I was calling him like the godfather of Hearthstone because I feel like I, he's wearing the suit, you know, or the suit jacket and he just, he just looks cool. Um, (laughs) yeah. So overall, I think a lot of things are lining up. I still don't love the form i still think the format's not conducive to create these like familiar names every single year but you know i i think it's working out in blizzard's favor right now yeah yeah Um, the production was done really well i mean obviously they were in the brand new arena so yeah they've got it all they've all you know got it all set up really well and um yeah, yeah, i don't don't think there was any production issue this time around everything i don't think so no Production was cool. I mean, the the cam work I think was better too this time. You know, we caught the mm-hmm. Pavel and the bites. You know, bites kind of you know, gl- you know, just little funny glances, glances at each <laughs> other. And we got the we got the bye bye you know <laughs> moment when uh, yeah. uh, the guy that's playing Bitesa ended up uh, drawing. Sasa. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there were there were definitely moments caught there. Uh, they did little things like they showed statistics. You know, they would shrink down the main. You know, there was like a definite um, shrinking down of the main view, and then they would show statistics at the bottom, or they would show key cards on the right. So yeah, there was mm-hmm. definitely some cool stuff that they were doing, which is great to see for sure. Um, so any anything like with the decks or anything that you learned, like thought was really really cool that anybody brought or ended up having a factor in any of the games? Uh, I think most people brought the standard list. I think the mm-hmm. two that stood out was uh, Bites's. Prince Talderam Shaman. Oh, oh yeah, God. Prince Talderam. Master, dude, that was awesome. Yeah, and uh, the other one was the Elemental Temple Rogue that Cocos. I think Cocos Asa brought it, mm-hmm. and both of them struggled with it. It's like they brought something a bit off the cuff, but uh, yeah, I think they were slightly punished for it. I think most of the other decks were pretty standard. Who brought? The Giant's Mage? Was that now Gleeson? Oh, yeah, we talked about that last week, right? Yeah, that we was, talked about that last that week. I forgot who it was. How did, that, it was. how did that perform, actually? I don't think it did that well. Of, yeah. I think I missed that. Yeah. I think it, uh, Paladin did well, right? Yeah, Paladin uh, did super well. Paladin did surprisingly well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that... Uh, I mean, not... I mean, there were a decent amount of Paladins, and I think it just, you know, given the bands, Paladin ended up matching up super well against, I think, mm-hmm. at least two out of the three decks. Mm-hmm. So that worked out really good. What did you guys think about Karen? Because that was obviously a, a, a big topic, too, during the broadcast, and Purple saying that Karen was good, and I think originally people thought he was joking and memeing, but then you saw it in his decks, so it was like, oh, wow, he's actually serious <laughs> that it's good against Priest, and it's, you know... It's a really solid deck to absorb a lot of damage to. I think in this particular meta, it's good. I, a lot of pros have been vouching for it. It's good against Priest. It's I think mainly for Bone Mare, right? You yeah. know, that's the that's yep. the big driving force for it. Um, I don't know. It's just a good. I mean, it's always been a good card, right? Um, and yeah. it got kind of outshined by Sylvanas for a long time there. But with the tools that it has now and the matchups, it's it's a good card. I, yeah. I agree with them all. 
the the curve works out really well because you don't have too much turn six plays. But if you go like turn five, Cobalt Scalebane, and somehow they don't remove it because you know they had to remove whatever you buffed. It's like, well, Karen's just really good here, and they don't remove Karen, like the two bodies on Karen, well, you just got a bone there. And of course, you know, for attack minion against Priest, is always just, you know, you got to use a pint size and a card and something on top of it. Yeah. And, um, it, it just works really well against Priest. Yeah. It, it, and there's not very many uh, hexes and polymorphs and things like that in the meta right now either. So, you know, Karen usually gets quite a bit of value. Um, There's a decent amount of silence with Spellbreaker, but it's still a four yeah, five still that contests the right? four three. You yeah. know, so it's it's not not, it's not terrible. Bad. Yeah, it's cool. You know, I, I love the fact. You know, that's the one thing I've always loved about Purple is that you know he he always has an open mind, like a crazy open mm -hmm. mind about about the meta, and he's not he's willing to do anything. I mean, he played Mindbreaker like in one of the games, right? Or um, I mean, it was it just in his <coughs> deck, right? I don't I don't think he actually got it off of some random draw i think it was purposely in the deck and i mean it's crossed my mind just to play you know in my kind of fun games just to i hate these machine gun priests i'm tired of this i just want to shut down the hero power right um but yeah. to actually see it being used and, and it actually was used effectively i think one game um it just shows you that there's so many resources in hearthstone and i, I think that we still haven't fully experimented with all of them yet um, even with the pros, you know that that try all kinds of stuff. There's still there's still some things that probably can be optimized with cards that that we didn't see. So mm -hmm. um, it's always great to see that. Uh, there's some brutal dirty rats. Did you guys see? Did you guys see the Nalguidon Old Boy um, series where he dirty ratted the, the Doomsayer? The Doomsayer. Oh, twice. It didn't happen twice. twice. He had yeah. two dirty rats that were just like game winning, or just game changing. It was so brutal. And then the worst one was the one on game five where um, it was now Guidon had like a super like strong board. Like he was going to win the game. And, and then mm -hmm. Old Boy ended up dirty ratting at Doomsayer to the reset Doomsayer. everything. Oh, that was just brutal to, to lose that series on that, that too. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. There, dirty there rat's been clutch. Yeah. Like in, in, in this meta as well. Pulling certain cards is, has been insane. So yeah. It's, uh, Toast, would you say that the, the, we were, me, me, Ali, and Jackie were talking like a couple weeks ago with, because Numer Faratu was like one of our jaded or, or jabated, <laughs> underrated or jabated cards. Like, would you say right. this meta is like one that where, you know, if you actually kill a single card in somebody's deck, that they just lose? Like, it's an auto win? Is this, is this the most, is the meta in the most favorable way for like cards like Dirty Rat and Numer Faratu? Mm, I think against the priest, it definitely is because you can either hit Velen, yeah. uh, of course Raza or Anduin as the three big cards. Like if you're a control deck, if you can hit Velen, sure you don't stop like the infinite damage, but you don't have to like constantly be at twenty eight health to try and stay alive, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, quest there was mage. a quest mage. It's, it's not really in the meta that much, but, but yeah. it's still relevant. Yeah, or any of just the, the shadow knight, just the the shadow knights themselves, right? Like if you um, if you can get any of them, with, well, you can't get them with the dirty rat, but you can you get can't them with, get them no with dirty rat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. All right, yeah, but any any last things with HCT? I mean, uh, again, like I think the world championship is going to be pretty hype whenever it comes around. 
I just want to go to Amsterdam so bad. <laughs> like, Why, after watching Allie? it up. Well, <laughs> no, um, no, in all honesty, I think it's going to be a great event. I think a lot of people feel really connected to a lot of the players that made it. Yeah. Um, and if it's anything like this past weekend, it's, I think it'll be great. So uh, I think it's a good, good pre-step before it. When's yeah. it? January 7th? 12th, somewhere around uh, there? It's a little bit later in January. It's like 18th? I think. Yeah, something like that. Oh, okay. Just kidding. Don't listen to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's later in January. No, I mean, I don't know either. I'm just guessing. <laughs> yeah. Man, picking a, favorite there, picking a favorite there is going to be rough. And Oh, one thing that we didn't mention about the Pavel Orange thing is that you know, because Pavel didn't oh. get through, because Pavel didn't win that, Pavel is not going to be in the World Championships, which that's really surprising. Yeah. You know, a big, big surprise there. We also didn't talk about um, if it was correct on oh, Orange Park. Yeah, Orange Orange's is big party. Yeah, oh my god! We yeah, totally we forgot that. to talk about this. Yeah, um, go ahead, Ali. If it wanna... was correct to uh, go for the burn, and I think that Chinman and I were talking about it earlier, and I think we both agree, and I think most people agree that it is correct to go for the burn because it's kind of an instant win if you get. Um, really one of three cards maybe not instant win but it's it proves like actually i don't know i feel like you if you hit raza or if you were to hit anduin like it would be an instant well, so he had right? and he had anduin but it was valen and, and raza that was still in the deck I yeah believe. but yeah. orange didn't know that you know yeah orange or, didn't know any of this stuff of course but that he had anduin no. so he still could have potentially burned it but um yeah i do think it was correct to go for it yeah so i, I think there's there's definitely math involved here but um Toast, what do you think? Okay, so what do you think the scenario was like for Orange there? Do you think that it was clearly only Raza that he could burn, or did he really feel that he could burn, you know, maybe two out of three cards? I think he suspected that he had one of them because there were definitely three cards that um, uh, he hadn't touched at all. Surrender hadn't touched at all. So I I think he Mm -hmm. he suspected that at least one of those was one of the three cards, or one at least Randwin or, or. Raza or something or Valen, right? So what do you, do you remember think he was how much do you remember how much mana they had when he went for the burn? Uh it was late. It was it was probably ten. Uh it Which was is, yeah. it was probably ten because he had eighteen cards when he started burning. Or he had right. seventeen I think it was eighteen cards because after all the burning, Frodan said something about him having ten cards left. Yeah. So it was I wanna pull out so the oh, exact maybe. moment. Yeah, it might have been actually no, it, it wouldn't have been ten. It would have been like eight or something. Maybe turn eight, something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. What does that play a factor though? Uh, like for me, it's, it's like there's definitely math involved to like calculate the odds of burning certain cards and like mm-hmm. the risk and giving him certain cards. But I don't think giving him a priest card is that bad because. A priest is going to be able to cycle through their entire deck really fast anyway. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you're both doing the same thing, it might come down <laughs> to whoever draws it first. Yeah. But if you're going for, like, such a... Like, if burning eight cards, the odds of you hitting a combo piece is pretty good. And, yeah. like like we mentioned, it's like it's either Raza, it's either Anduin, or it's either Velen that you want to hit to give yourself, like, that edge. So... I think it was like six cards, downside. right? Uh, not eight. I think he drew eight, but he burned six, I believe. Uh, if it was eight, I mean, that was a no-brainer. Like, a crazy no-brainer if it was eight. Um, 
So I think it was six. I'm pretty sure it was six. Because he had eight cards. It was six. It was six. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys. My mic just fell there. I got distracted. I'm really sorry about it, but it was six. It's okay. Yeah. So like, like Orange, Orange knows he definitely doesn't have uh, Raza in hand because if it was if he had Raza, he would have played it on five, right? Yeah, like sure. so he, he probably suspects that worst case scenario he has like Anduin and Velen in hand. Mm-hmm. And when he went for the mill, I think he was at he had seven cards. So essentially, he's giving Orange, I mean, surrender two cards, right? Because he gets the one draw on his turn. Yep. So in exchange for giving him two cards for free. You get to burn six cards. Yeah. Um, I think it's worth it because even if though even if you don't burn it and you gave him two cards, you're not exactly like that bad off. Um, yeah, like you're not putting yourself that far behind because those two cards could also be just like more cycles. Yeah, so like yeah, exactly. I I think some people listening might not know what we're talking about. So what happened, guys, in the the finals of the? I mean, it was a crazy epic of game five between surrender and orange. There was a situation where orange it was priest versus priest. Or there were like six minions on the board, and orange had um or, or surrender had a north shark cleric on the board, and orange had had a decision to make where he could literally make surrender draw like eight cards. And then, and uh, surrender at the time had seven, you know, cards. So he could put him in a position where he could burn six cards, and that's what Orange decided to do. He decided to have, you know, go for it, see if he could burn, you know, one of the obviously key cards in the Machine Gun Priest, and it didn't work out for him. So he basically missed on all of those. Like he didn't hit any of like any the, of the key cards. Um, and then what ended up happening at the end of it was that you found out that surrender's last card in the deck. Is Raza, and that's usually <laughs> the nightmare scenario, right, for this priest. So yeah. the nightmare scenario ended up working out perfectly for surrender, and um, that's why it was just so heartbreaking for Orange too. Because I, you know, I felt like he made the right decision too. I think he, even if he gets Valen, I think he wins that game. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. given that, so to, just like just since we are omniscient, we know everything, right? So. Two out of those those cards, you know, two if he he has six basically, yeah, six burns on two of those cards. That's like greater than fifty percent already, I think, right there. And then he still has a chance to win even if he doesn't burn the cards. You know, like whatever that small percentage chance yeah. is. And yeah. given the time, like that moment, I still think it was probably fifty fifty in their heads that they could win or lose that game. So I think it was the right decision. I mean, I think that it was awesome epic as a spectator too to watch that that was crazy amazing and um you know i just <laughs> i'm just glad that orange made it through it wasn't like freaking the quarterfinals match and he got screwed by that that would just yeah. be crushing yeah, yeah. Just like hold like, your breath after each card just like <gasps> yeah <laughs> yep. that's yeah. exactly what it was i mean surrender's hand was in his face like the whole t- like almost yeah the whole time. it was the not like so. this emo yeah. and everything <laughs> Yeah, to- totally. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, like it's, yeah, awesome. Yeah, I'm glad it was a game where it didn't really matter. like once you you're through to the top four, like players just relax and they don't like get as nervous. But obviously, you want to be the, the number sure. one champion. But uh, yeah, you get twenty yeah, thousand. It's not that. <laughs> it's a nice yeah. cool cash there, man. <laughs> totally. All right, well, why don't we move on? And uh, again, I want to remind you guys that we are sponsored today by Great Shoes. 
Uh, great shoes. Those of you may not have heard of it is a maker of uh, obviously sneakers, first sneaker company from Brooklyn. And it's got all kinds of great styles. Me and Allie actually have a pair of shoes. And Allie, you wear them like every day, right? Or you wear them a lot. Yeah. I, I'm a person that likes wearing sneakers, but fashionable sneakers. You know, like you can't always wear your gym shoes around. So, not so these shoes. were, yeah, so yeah, no, no new balance dad shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so these have been perfect for me because, uh, you know, I can have my casual tennis shoes. And honestly, I've been wearing them everywhere I go. Super comfy. I get compliments on them when I go out and they're like, oh, nice shoes. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's cool. You have okay, maybe, maybe they don't that's do that. Yeah, nice. I know. Maybe they don't. <laughs> maybe they don't do that exactly. But they ask me where I'm from. Anyway, uh, yeah. So they've been great. Um, you can just tell they're high quality. They're like heavy shoes. Mm -hmm. that, yeah. And so, Leather, um, definitely. Like yeah. they're not gonna. They're gonna last a long time. Um, I've definitely been uh, starting to walk around in them recently too, and they're super comfortable. Like really, really oh, yeah. nice and. You can, they have all kinds of different styles. Just the ones that they sent us were pretty hip, awesome styles. Uh, yeah. so, but go to grades.com, check it out. You can use the uh, promo code VALUE, because we're value 10, of course. And uh, you can get 15% off, like right now. And, um, you know, if you can, you know, let them know. We appreciate them sponsoring the show. And uh, let us know if you get a pair. You know, tweet us. Let us, you know, let us tweet see. Us. Yeah, any, any kind of cool ones. They've got, uh, let's see, they're, I think one of the things that they have here, the best sellers include the Leather Roy, Royale. You know, if you're a Pulp Fiction, the Royale. Get, give me the Royale, please, lace-ups and the, the Wooster slip-ons. Those are uh, apparently really, really good ones. Definitely check it out for men's and women. But, um, yeah, thanks to Greats for doing that. And, of course, thanks to our patrons, as always. You guys are amazing. And the reason why we're able to do this show, um, the, the, if you go to patreon.com slash valuetown, you can uh, support the show in that way. And I always like to spend a little bit of time, give a shout-out to just you know our patrons, the ones that have been are obviously around for a long time, and even the new ones. So Mike T, Marshall O, thanks for being legendary producers like you've been for a long time. You guys are Absolutely amazing. And then David T, Albert, Michael W, Michael O, Jim G, Graham S, Andrew R, Lance B, Evie, David A, and Nicholas H. Thanks so much, guys. And I mean, it was like a year ago that literally, like I was, I was saying that, you know, we probably wouldn't be able to do the show, you know, like we'd just be doing the show to the end of the year, you know, because we just weren't getting enough support. And, you know, a year later, you know, we've had, you guys have been supporting like, you know, in, in full throttle like this entire year. So, Really, really appreciate that. I can't even put it into words, to be honest. Um, and, you know, we've gone through some changes, too. And Allie here, you know, being awesome. I mean, Toast was here last year, you know. like So he's been around a long time, even though he hasn't been a necessary host, but definitely a good friend of the show. So, um, yeah, thanks for that, guys. You guys are awesome. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, well, why don't we go on and um, talk about some new cards, some custom cards that some of our uh, viewers and patrons put together. This is Mechatorx Workshop, so we get a chance to take a look at maybe some new concepts that, I don't know, maybe Blizzard can get some ideas from or whatever. Uh, so today we've got one from Raydan, one from Josiah L., and one from, oh man, I'm going to totally brutalize his name, Stinj, how do you pronounce S-T-I-J-N, guys? <laughs> S Dan Stin Stig S T I J Stigen 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 
Okay. Oh my God. I'm going to tell that's so bad. <laughs> Hopefully if we totally brutalize it, let us know. Cause, uh, um, anyways, this is Raydance Chromie. It's a six mana mage card, five, five dragon. It's a dragon. Really? And uh battle cry, reset your deck. All okay. Right. First of all, yeah. it shouldn't be a dragon. Yeah, it has in human form. That is a girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a gnome, yeah. actually. I think. Yeah. Uh, so. Chromigus. Chromigus. Oh, Chromigus. Yeah, Rathian is a dragon, but uh, they have him classified as human. Yeah. Um, but well, like, some he, of he them can, have human form. Yeah, so. like if if he wants the dragon version, he's got to be like doing the dragon version of Chromie. All right. I'm done. <laughs> okay. I've said okay. my two cents on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Scottish uh, toast I know right there. <laughs> reset your decks. So I'm guessing you just get thirty. You yep. get thirty. You get cards. the original thirty okay. cards back, like into your deck. So I guess the question is: Is that a good thing? Because it, it sounds I, like a good thing, right? Like, but I don't know if actually I, it is. I think so, because. Unlike all the other effects, like compared to Benedictus, where you're taking someone else's deck and, mm -hmm. you know, they might have stuff that doesn't synergize with yours, you're resetting your deck. I can see, like, situations where it's actually really valuable. Uh, for example, where you draw on, like, most of your good stuff. Because, you know, in Hearthstone, there's, like 20, like, 20 good cards in your deck and then 10 cards that's, you know, decent. But if you get a situation where you, like, draw the best cards, then... You can technically increase the average of your card quality by resetting your deck. Um, since you're not adding your original deck to your old deck, right? It's just here's the 30 deck you had, 30 cards you had originally. So, yeah. It's hard it's to. It's close, see. actually. It's like, so if you're in fatigue and you play this, you just get 30 cards because that'd yeah. be OP. That, that's pretty much so, what it is. Yeah. If you draw Chromie on your. You know, like, with one card left or no cards left, you get 30 cards back to, into your deck. So then, yeah, for sure. Like, something like a Fatigue Mage would love this stuff. You don't have Dead Man's Hand or Jade Idol, but yeah. if you're playing Fatigue you're Mage, better. you just... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, the funny thing is, the game will end before you have a chance to draw through your second deck. Assuming you're not, like, fast cycling. Because there's, like, so. yeah. 45 turns in a game of Hearthstone. So, like, you can be, like, drawing through halfway... And it's like suddenly the game just explodes. It's like, oh wow. But yeah, it looks fun. And since Chromie also puts Chromie back into your deck, if you play this deck against another deck running Chromie, then. Oh man. It's, uh, <laughs> oh man. But that's the idea, right? Yeah. Uh, the time. I don't the think... time. Yeah. It's pa okay, okay. I think you sold me. It, it's a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a good thing, but I. Me personally, as a player, like, I don't, I don't want to play, like, a 50-minute game here, <laughs> so I'd probably shy away from the card, because I'm not a huge fan of Fatigue Warrior, that's just me as a player, so I don't mm. hate the card, but I would play it, probably, <laughs> so. I mean, you'd have just... to put, like, a ton of draw in whatever deck it is. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, know. you know, otherwise it's debatable whether it's good, because if you... Even though it's the cards that you picked for synergy with the cards that you know you have in hand or whatnot, you know you still mm -hmm. have a bunch of one and two drops and crap like that that have no no influence on the game at the end. So um, 
you know, you have to take that into account too. You're you're actually adding those cards into your potential draw for I don't know right. some kind of end game card that you're looking for. Like let's say you're looking for Antonidas or something, something like that, or or yeah. or something. You know, if it was uh, if it was really like skill intensive mirror match, you know, uh, situation. Maybe once you're in high legend and you're playing a 50 minute game, it actually could be cool. But <laughs> in, like in normal like grinding for legend or just playing on ladder like that, you couldn't do it. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I mean, you might get a situation where it's like two Archimedes, two Ice Blocks, all freeze, <laughs> all draw, and one Chromie, and you just literally never die. Well, just it, never it, die. It's who can run out of Ice Blocks first, like at the right yeah, moment, right? Because yeah. you'll never fatigue with Chromie, right? Yeah. And you can just freeze, 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 freeze Ice Block, Ice Block, Archimedes, Archimedes, Ice Block. Like that. And that's when you play Hunter. That's when you keep playing Hunter and <laughs> steady shotting. Every 15 turns of steady shotting. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, but it's definitely an interesting concept, though. I, I think that um, it's kind of cool to think about for sure. So thanks, Raydan, for that. Uh, next up, we've got Mystic Seer from Josiah. And this is yet another Mage card. So Mage is just popular today. Three mana, epic card, zero five, so no attack. You play with the top card of your deck revealed. You may play it as if it were in your hand. Okay, so um, I guess Mystic Seer essentially gives you another card. Uh, so not only do you get to see your top card, you can actually play it if you want to. So a little bit different than actually drawing. Worse, it's actually worse than actually drawing the card itself into your hand. Um, Unless you mm -hmm. have 10 cards in your hand. But for the most part, I think it's worse. Cause, uh, but kind of interesting. I mean, being able to see the top card and, I mean, obviously being able to play it. So too. it just reveals it? I'm a little yeah. confused still. It just review, reveals the top card. I, I think then, in, in his description of this, by the way, I think your opponent also can do it. Can see it. Yeah. 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 So you can just decide to use it for free or you can just let it come into your hand it's not free it's, it's not it's free still cost it's mana. yeah okay it's still cost mana. so if it was a 10 mana card and you looked at it you, and you're on turn three yeah you just you can't it would just go into your hand right okay right okay and your opponent also sees it yeah so if it's like All a right. dirty rat or something like your your opponent's like oh shit. oh crap yeah so plus three mana. Hmm. I like I, I get that idea. I think that's a more elegant way to do it, but basically Yeah, I think so too. But imagine if you know you're playing a real card game with physical, it's like you basically have the top card of your deck flipped over at all time. Mm -hmm. And if you want, you can play it. Like, oh, you know, the top card of my deck is a uh, frostbolt. Let me pay two mana and play that frostbolt, and then I flip over the next card on the top of my deck. Well, okay. you know, another thing I think I believe in his explanation is that not only does your opponent see your top card, he he sees like both of you guys see the top card of both decks. So oh. his his mm -hmm. deck too is revealed too. Now, really? I, I think that's what he meant it to be. Yeah, he meant it oh, to be okay. like that. Yeah. Oh, so gotcha. I, I think that's one of the reasons why it's a zero attack card too. So you can't actually get rid of it if it's bad for you and you played it. Mm -hmm. You know, it'd be harder to get rid of, you know? So there's maybe yeah. a little bit of a conflict there too. Um, I don't know how much play it would see because it's sort of just an, an information card, you know, and I guess somewhat a card draw mechanic. 
So like card draw a little bit of information, Yeah. but yeah. where would you put this? You know, like is, is that information and potential card draw actually worth it kind of thing? Like I, I, I don't hate the concept, but, but in pr practice, I just don't know if it would find a, find a place. Cause it's not like yeah. the information. I mean, the closest like, thing I can think of is Quest Mage, like just needing to know, like if you're getting the, you know, the the yeah. cards you need, right, coming up soon. I, I think there's some potential and some kind of a miracle setup, because if you have like a lot of very cheap cards, you can technically just keep playing that top card over and over again, right? You play, you know, a Wisp, and then it flips over a Snow Flipper Penguin, and you play the Snow Flipper Penguin, and you keep like playing cards off the top, because it keeps getting flipped, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I see potential in that department where essentially you're making it into a draw engine, but, mm -hmm. you know, you kind of build around it. So, you know, maybe there's something there. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, definitely interesting. Uh, next up, we got Finn the Curious from Stinge. Stinge. Stigeon. Yeah. Uh, it's a legend card, it's uh, not a class card. So it's a neutral card. Three mana, two, four, battle cry. Discover a minion with the with the cost equal to your opponent's number of mana crystals. Oh, that's fun. Discover a minion with the cost equal. Okay, yeah. So on turn four, you discover a Yeti. Or on their turn four, like you could discover four attack. Huh. Well wait, you could discover wait, like Deathwing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't possibly. Wait, hold on. Discover a minion with cost equal to your bonus. Oh, discover. Oh, with cost equal to your. Oh, okay. okay. So, yeah, okay. if you played on three yeah, against a Jade Druid, you can discover a Deathwing. So, it's kind of like um, Amber, but. Okay. It's based yeah, on your opponents. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Huh. I mean, I like it. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. It's interesting. Um,. Yeah, I think it's kind of cool if, um... Wait, uh, your opponent doesn't get that extra mana crystal until it's actually his turn, right? So, if he just finished his, like, turn three, he doesn't officially turn. get that extra mana crystal until his next his turn, turn starts, yeah. right? Okay, okay, so he'd still be yeah. three, okay. So you can't mm -hmm. just, like, go second and then just, like, get a get a four drop, for instance, ready for... I mean, if you're going first, you technically discover two mana minion. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. I think this is. You know, ha late. I mean, I think it works in the like mid game. Works late game. So it's kind of a cool card. I think a lot of people would run this <laughs> like as a draw card. Mm hmm. Yeah. Also, I, I'm going. I'm gonna give uh, him some real advice. Capitalize your uh, attacks. <laughs> Discover, I, yes, I, yes. Yeah, I noticed, like, a lot of people like to do, like, custom cards, and it's great. But, like, the biggest thing that makes a really cool card a bit uh, unpolished is when they don't do, like, when they don't just match what Blizzard does, which is, like, capitalization of yeah. Discover and Mana Crystal. It's, like, this could be this could look official. Like the best compliment to like custom cards like, wow, this looks like a real card. It looks like fun. Um uh, but when when you know like small and there's little flaws yeah, in that. Yeah, 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 yeah. it kinda of takes you out of it. It's like, oh, it's a custom card, it's not it doesn't look legit kind of deal. 
Yeah. But other than that, you know, it's, it's I think it's very balanced, and I don't know if he'll see play, but random cards like this, where it's balanced and it's discover, and you can get a clutch minion based on your know, opponent's macro stuff, because you gotta know like what cards you can get. Like, oh, he's on turn seven mana. You know, what are my options? Is there a card that costs seven mana that can save me here? Kind of yeah. deal. But, Could uh, this combo with any rogue? Um, you know how sir, ethereal peddler. Aren't there some cards that uh, work discount. based on you disc discount? Um, you know of the your opponent's cards you discovered. Sorry, that sentence did not I make don't, sense I don't, at all. But you get what I'm saying. I don't think um, this count. I don't think this would count. It as would. A, oh, okay. Yeah, because it's not discovering a class card, right? It's just discovering any right. card. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if there would be yeah from that standpoint, but yeah. um, I mean I think this card is just good. I mean I, I think it would have to be understated a bit more. <laughs> like it, you just discover a great card at the end of the game. Like a lot of people would run this card in a control mm -hmm. deck, you know? Yeah, right. It's just a control card, extra, yeah. and three mana two four in stats isn't too bad. So yeah, I mean yeah. you get a ten drop late game. It's pretty awesome, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, well, anyways, thanks, guys, for the cards. Uh, obviously, send those in. If you guys have any ideas that just on your own, go ahead and send those to valuetown at chamomy.tv, and we'll take a look at them. Okay, next up, guys, we've got the host challenge, which is... Oh, no, we got Jaden Vaden debated. Sorry. Oh, I totally got... Yeah, I didn't uh, know if you wanted to skip over that. No, or like... Actually, I totally, like, changed my order in this uh, this note, so I, okay. I, I got confused. But, Allie, you wanted to talk about two cards this week. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, why don't you uh, lead into... Take it away. Yeah. All right, so for Underrated and Jebated, I have two cards. Uh, Evolving Spores and Giant Wasp. Uh, <laughs> I, I saw Evolving Spores. <laughs> okay, they might be Jebated, but that's why we're here to talk about yep, it. exactly. Um, in one of the HDT matches, someone, I think, I think it was a rogue, they got Evolving Spores and it probably gave them lethal. And then the other day, I was playing um, my mage list with the least, and I discovered an Evolving Spores from the pack, and it gave me Wind Fury on my Water Elementals, and obviously <laughs> it's a Druid card. But I do think that we can discuss if it has a place in an aggro Druid, or, a, you know, I don't know. I think the Adapt, um, you know, Gentle Megasaur is obviously in incredibly powerful, and so maybe Evolving Spores is a little underrated. I don't know. What do you guys think? Hmm. <laughs> it's <laughs> well. I can start. I. I. <laughs> this is this is the one card I was. I don't know a bit delusional about. <laughs> I think when I we were first reviewing it because I I actually th had this notion that evolving swords would be good, and okay. um, and it was kind of similar to what you're talking about. You know, like it, it, Megasaur obviously is good, but Megasaur is good because it's a body too, right? That's that's like right. the biggest issue. So the consistency aspect is the biggest knock against evolving spore. Um, I think the fact that you can create. Uh, potential combo situations, you know, like there's a scenario where this is like another Savage Roar, right? Just with yeah. Wind Fury or plus one, even plus one, plus one is like really, really good too. Like, plus and, three. Yeah, plus three also. I mean, those are all really good scenarios. And so, like, those situations, I think, yeah, this thing is unbelievable. So, um, so it really depends on the consistency of which you can fit, you know, um, get on board and actually be able to play this because at four stats, it has to be, it's basically a bloodlust. You know, it, it, 
you have to set it up like that. It's bloodlust without the consistency of it always finishing. But I, mm -hmm. I kind of look at it more like yeah. a bloodlust. And Druid has a harder time creating that scenario than than Shaman does. So There's Savage Roar. But there is, but Savage Roar, even even Savage Roar, right? Like it's it's cheaper for one, and it's consistent, mm -hmm. like it, at what it does. So that Savage Wars, Savage Wars, is like a, like a good bloodlust. You know, it's like better yeah. than bloodlust. So yeah. evolving spores is probably, I don't know, it's hard to gauge it. I my my inclination is that it's worse than bloodlust, just because the versatility isn't necessarily what you would want to use it for. You would want to use it for a specific reason. And the consistency of getting that specific reason is not like it's probably like fifty percent. It's not very yeah. super, you know. It's not super high. So for me, it's debated, mm -hmm. but you know, I, I still, I still have those. That's why. That's why we have the scenarios. I still. I mean, I was completely wrong about when I was predicting about it. So I definitely, I, I definitely have you know hopes for for it in some way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think it, it is the consistency issue. Like, I mean, if you compare it to Bloodlust, it's literally a better Bloodlust because it stays around, the attack bonus. Mm -hmm. but, um, oh, okay, I'll give you that. Yeah. The situations where you just throw, you can't be targeted, stealth or taunt, it's like, it's so... Not worth the card, maybe. Not worth it. Like, yeah. when you compare it to Geno Megastore, like, Geno Megastore, stat-wise, is just a 4 mana 5-4. Like, it's already decent stats and the adaptation is just wow here's a whole extra benefit that's worth yeah. essentially it's essentially a battle cry evolving spore to murloc right yeah um i think the potential that I, I think the situations where evolving spores make a difference is usually in those like unexpected scenarios mm -hmm. so like uh, a, a rogue or a priest getting evolving spores randomly like and they can afford to like spend four mana playing evolving spores, like. But if you try to do it, card. yeah, essentially, it's just a bonus. You know, get it from Ungro Pack, but like against using it in token druid, where you're like, I'm trying to cram in all these token stuff, and my opponents that all he cares about is just destroying my board because he wants to play around Mark <laughs> yeah. Lotus, pop the wild. But like, if you're a priest or you're a rogue and you have like, you know, say a tempo rogue, you got like three pirates and one. Uh, uh, Tar Creeper, like most people don't think that's that scary, but yeah. if only for that, it's like suddenly it's a, such a threatening board, right? So maybe a little bit more on the debated side. Yeah, <laughs> I was debated from the begin with, so <laughs> I, have to, I have to say, yeah, I, no, I, I thought we might come to that conclusion. So, um, all right, well, the next one is Giant Wasp. Um, decided to throw this one in there because I was watching my friend stream like top 100 legend and this guy played a giant wasp in his Kazakis priest and it actually <laughs> kind of wrecked him a little bit like it, it slowed down his tempo quite a bit mm -hmm. and I just was like oh maybe we should talk about it so yeah what do you guys think about giant wasp it's an interesting one because it's like mm -hmm. so devastating in the arena right and you think yeah. about what you do with like how how do you your meta decks deal with this? Rogues can't deal with it. Rogues can't do AoE damage, especially two AoE damage. Priest easily kills this with like horror or nova or spell power lash or dragonfire potion. Mm -hmm. But um against druid like against druid the the tough thing is finding a target worth running your wasp into. 
Like if you're running into like a 99J that they got from a Jade Idol, it's great, but you're in a situation where there's somebody you're one in a bad mana. Spot. Yeah. You don't want to use it against Aya because like it pops out another minion. <laughs> um but against something like Temple Rogue, I imagine it'd be really annoying because they want to set up that big minion for Bone Mare or like buff up the Tower Creeper. Um Ah, I haven't tried it, but I don't think Giant Wasp can ever be bad. Worst case scenario, it's a three-mana minion that will guarantee a trade. And sometimes it does mess up the players. They're like, oh, I was going to drop this big minion, like my Lich King, but that's that Wasp sitting there, you know, <laughs> since turn three that I don't want to play into. Yeah. I I, I think it's... Um, yeah, I, I, I think the consistency of the value is really, really good. Um I think the the high end, like the ceiling for it, is very low though. Like, it, it, there's not much more that you can do than either trade a big one or get a two for one, you know, like or maybe like a turn and a half, you know, into the the wasp. Like maybe he trades into something small and then they have to use a spell to kill it, you know, something like that, right? So um, mm -hmm. you're not going to get much better than that. I mean, the best cases I see are like hound mastering this, you know, with with hunter and I don't know, trying to do something even bigger with that. Maybe you. I don't know, maybe even, like, adapt this in some way. <laughs> you know, there's, like, not yeah. much that it can even survive by itself anyways. Um, but it's a it's a solid card, you know. It's just not a broken mm -hmm. card. So mm -hmm. I, I would say un underrated. I, I think it's underrated in standard, yeah. It's very good in arena. I think a lot of people yeah. think that already. It's It's easy to clear, but at the same time, like, if, if they use their entire Shadowed Horror on it, you know, oh, yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, that's, that's not bad. And you probably wouldn't want to dump this into a giant, like a really good Dragonfire board. You know, you're not mm -hmm. like, oh, here's all my minions. Oh, and I'll throw in my Wasp too. Yeah, it's supposed to just be annoying. And people aren't playing Primordial Drake as much in, in Jade yeah, Druid. So, you know, I was like, I, I commended the guy for, you know, giving it, giving it a shot. So it might be a little underrated. Yeah, all right. Yeah, um, I think so. I think it's a, a tiny bit underrated, and um, yeah, there there are a lot of cards like Giant Wasp, you know, that I, I feel like are are good value. It's just the the ceiling isn't high enough to be broken, so they're just yeah. not played, you know. And so I would agree with we, that. We only for see sure. those cards in Arena, and uh, that that's what's so great about Arena, you know. I that's I don't want the format to change much, you know. So them taking away synergy, that's awesome. I, I like it better, you know, when they're doing stuff like that. Uh, oh, this is kind of going away from underrated and debated, but we didn't talk about the dual arena, did we? Mm, I don't think so. No, oh, the dual arena. I don't think, yeah. Oh, yeah. right, right. We um, can just talk about it real quick. So basically, um, starting on October twenty fourth. Uh, you can pick a hero and have another hero's hero power. It's like an October <laughs> Halloween event. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I don't know how long it goes for, but it starts the twenty fourth. So, so which one would you choose? Which one would you choose? Oh my gosh! Like the hero power, you you, you want choose. the warlock? Yeah, so you gotta the, choose warlock, Vegas. right? Yeah, and then. The cards, like, mage. Warlock Hero Power is just insane. Yeah, Mage, maybe. So like, Maybe Mage and Warlock. I mean, wouldn't yeah. it be Priest? I mean, what are we talking about here, right? Like, wouldn't you want to play Hero Power? Yeah, you could... And then you can just change this your Hero arena, Power. To... This is... Oh, 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 it's Arena. Nah, it's okay. Arena. Yeah, so it's not like you're building oh, yeah. a construct yeah. deck. Yeah, 
Life tapping mage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Probably. That sounds like a beautiful combination. The best class with the best hero power. That sounds yep. great. <laughs> Yeah, like Firelands, Portal, Flamestrike, Meteors, Glyphs, and just tap, 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 tap. Oh my gosh, sounds like a nightmare right already. Yeah, I'm excited to see, like, potentially crazy combos, because, like, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but when you're combining class cards from two different classes, there's bound to be something really ridiculous. It's unfortunate Innovate got nerfed, because I'm sure everyone... Would love to be able to innovate out like certain class cards, like innovate yeah. out Firelands. But wait, aren't you wait? Aren't yeah. you taking your opponent's hero power? Yeah, no, but no, no, no. you can also have um, no, no, no. It's not taking your opponent's hero power. It's just merging two classes together, basically, and you can play um, or oh, you can you, draft you cards from both one. classes. Yeah, you choose okay. the two classes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then, then is it is it warlock? You, you get you get both class cards too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it actually is that right then. I mean, the hero power clearly, but I wouldn't want the warlock cards. They're yeah, garbage. yeah, the warlock They're cards totally are garbage. Slightly below oh, average. No love for there's, the there's demons. A, there's a few good ones, but I'm, I mean, you're just skipping over the bad ones, right? There's like uh, Flame Imp and Abyssal and Hellfire and Defile. There's quite a few good warlock cards, but. Um, These are all removed, the, that, guys, basically. Yeah. yeah, the hero power is just so insane, right? And if you can mm -hmm. maybe combine with a class that can survive, because like one of the downside is obviously just setting yourself so low that you get bursted down um, sometimes. So like if you combine oh. the warlock, like yeah, paladin or like mm -hmm. priest with healing, warrior with healing, druid with armor, uh, I'm excited for it. Um, yeah, it should be fun. There's gonna be a lot of shenanigans. <laughs> yeah. yeah, hopefully a lot of good. Uh, videos and clips come from it that'd be a lot of fun uh okay well anyways um you know thanks for getting back to underage beta thanks sally for bringing those two cards that was <laughs> definitely good to to check out diversion yeah, yeah diversion no it's good that we talk about it because i'm obviously all over the place today <laughs> with the notes uh but kind of getting on to the host challenge this is a this is where we we pose a challenge to you guys the audience and then have you guys uh, come back or at least screenshot show us that if you guys have met the challenge last week was getting this is like right up Tosa's alley too, by the way. But last week we it was just all about who could get five Elise packs in their deck. And <laughs> so this was the debate last week. So me, Jackie, and, and Ali, you know, we get together every every single week and we plan these things, right? And and you know, we were talking and um the I think the first thing we talked about, Ali, was just that three, right? We were just talking about three at first. And I was like, yeah. no way, three, three is like, two, three is like way too easy, like no way. So we were Jackie like, okay. And I thought it was gonna be super hard. Yeah. Like what? Yeah, and then there were like five, and I'm like, mm, I still think five might be a little too easy, but uh, let's go with five. Okay, right. So we all end up going with five. So posted out there, we got lots of people. I mean, we got, I mean, just to name some of them: Adam C, Mason C, Fierce, Alex M, that came up with, um, you know, like these five packs. So I'm like, oh, yeah, this is great. You know, like a lot of people enjoyed it. Like overall, this is our most successful host challenge. So, you know, we got Mason, you know, C here. And, you know, we've got like Alex M here with five, right? And, and Adam C here too, also with five. Um, but then, you know, people are like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try harder. Like we're, we're going to try to step it up like, like big time, right? And so we threw it out there. So I think somebody got seven. But then Andy L posted up 
bam a 10 like right there right wow yeah so he he, he, did, andy. he did all 10 and so like oh he did this on like saturday and it's like oh andy you win dude like that totally he he like i tweeted that to him right? one health he's you, about to die yeah but... like you totally win <laughs> right and then raydan today boom 11 11 wow officially i mean being able to get that screenshot man you have to give him 11 for that <laughs> so he ended up getting 11 so, so that was the mark uh that nobody ended up beating so grats to Raydan for uh you know being number one in this host challenge but now it's time to come up with a new challenge and i kind of have a challenge here but since you're our guest host uh toast can you think of a challenge where they can kind of compete with each other to try to one-up each other anything good that you can think of you come up with crazy ass challenges on your stream so like nothing challenge. too too crazy with the you know patches well i'm not sure you guys know this but i've uh have been playing around with this card called Meat Wagon. <laughs> oh God, we just did Meat Wagon. For... Uh, you guys did Meat Wagon. No, no, what's, oh, the what's the challenge? What's, what's the, the actual challenge? challenge what's the actual challenge? Uh, pull out a ten-cost minion with Meat Wagon. Oh. Pull out a ten-cost. Pull out oh. a ten-cost minion with Meat Wagon. Wait, is it? If it's possible, don't tell us, and we'll make it the challenge. Is it easy or not? If it's easy, if it's just a matter of just going and building a deck to do it, then. I mean, it's the way to do it is very simple, right? No, oh, see, we don't want simple. We actually want something that they can own up each other. So, um, oh, yeah. Hmm. Mm. All right. <laughs> well, then maybe we can just go with the one I have down here. But uh, what do you have? I have. So the thing I have here is basically post your biggest Cthulhu that you can you can create on your own. Not a custom game. None of this like. You know, toast versus disguised business. You know, none, none, none of that stuff, right? Like an actual, real. It can be. It can be in casual mode, or it could be in on ladder and that sort of stuff, or in wild. But like, what's the biggest cartoon you can post in, in screenshot and send us? So that that's the challenge because you know you would think it's obvious, but it's actually not obvious if you if you post right. it. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, biggest cartoon you can pull out of your deck with meat wagon. Okay. So you need to match your meat wagon to the attack of the Cthulhu you have buffed up. <laughs> that's that's what? <laughs> wait, wait, what? The biggest Cthulhu you can bring out with meat wagon? Meat wagon. <laughs> so you have to buff your Cthulhu to a point where... Well, you have to buff your meat wagon. To... You have to also buff your meat wagon out to oh, be that's... slightly higher. That's very troll, because most of the time you're going to pull out your non-Cthulhu minion. But that makes it super hard, right? Because you also oh can't draw God. your Cthulhu. All right, bonus points if you can do that. Okay, okay. how about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll have a double kind of challenge. Okay, we'll, we'll have. Oh my God! We'll call it the okay. toast element. Yeah, like, we'll have we'll have the biggest Cthulhu, just kind of normal. If you can win that, that's our regular host. And then we have the toast challenge, which is the biggest Cthulhu <laughs> you can pull out with a meat wagon. So, okay. Wow, that like that's. It. That's gonna be hard. That's gonna be real hard. <laughs> no, that should be a lot of fun. A lot of you guys participated this week. That was, it was it was actually really really awesome having a lot of you guys uh, just submit your your hosts uh, challenge. So hopefully you guys can do the same thing here. Got a couple uh, Q and A questions today that I figured we'd go through and then kind of end the show. Richard M, 
has a question. Was building a deck and trying to come up, uh, he, I guess he was building a deck and trying to come up with a tech card versus Highlander. Back in TGT days, I would sometimes run beneath the grounds. Do you think that will get an anti-Highlander card on the next expansion? Do you feel that it's, it is something lacking from the cards available in standard? And how do you build a counter, or in also, how do you build a counter to Highlander decks right now? So, um, do we need a card like Beneath the Grounds to counter Raza and Kazak? So, just a question: Are we calling? Is Highlander just a name? Yeah, for, Highlander is like a Kazakus. For just Kazakus. Yeah, okay, there can only be okay. one. That's that's. There thing. can only be one. Okay, yeah. got it. Mm. Um, well. I would say that they probably won't go as far as to like build a counter card like Geist or Galaka Crawler because uh, Raza will be rotating out. And I don't think that Highlander decks are really an issue beyond that, you know? Yeah. Um, so so I, I'd say that they probably won't do that. But I loved the card beneath the grounds, though. Like, no, I love that card, if, too. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a great card. So if they did print an anti-Highlander um, car, card, yeah, yeah. I, I think it'd be cool. Yeah, I, I, I think this should be something. Because right now, really, um, there's no hate card against Highlander Priest or Raza Priest. Besides dirty ratting out the Raza, and that's so like specific, because once they draw Raza on five, that that card is coming down on five. So like at any point, Damn. it's past turn five. Like you can't never. It's almost impossible to rat it out because the second they draw it, they're most likely going to play it. Um, so I wish there was a card that essentially puts a uh, wrench in that plan more consistently. Like guys for Jade, that was a bit too harsh, but yeah, something like beneath the ground. I think if there was a neutral card that does beneath the ground effect, I would actually play it. Just yeah. because I I wish, I feel like I want to be able to have a way to at least stop them. And double weasel tunneler is not a good solution. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's totally What are you talking legit. about? Totally of course legit. it's a good solution. That's totally <laughs> legit. No, I, I mean, we're not about the hate here. <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't love hate cards, but I think if it was, kind of like beneath it like if it was like weasel tunneler but you only needed one to and, and so it was somewhere between beneath the grounds and weasel tunneler where you put two cards in their deck then i think i would be a little bit more okay with it um so that it, it does like stunt them for a little bit you know like and it's kind of random as to how long it stunts them but mm -hmm. it, it doesn't completely just kill them like i i don't like cards that just completely kill a build especially one where you know you designed what three or four cards to be completely about you know this this type of deck building archetype um it'd be self-defeating in a way to do that uh, so yeah um, yeah you know what i mean they, they invest a lot into doing this right so it they're legend cards and everything like that cruel and kazakis and raza um so if they are to do it just do it like you know a little bit better than weasel but not as like brutal as beneath the grounds because beneath the grounds is basically killing it like you're not going to draw two of these new i never draw two new reviews at least whenever whenever i have like a kazaka's deck um but uh yeah overall uh, yeah i don't think it's that big a deal to me i mean right now the biggest issue is just raza's ability if raza's ability wasn't that right now 
you know, yeah. like if the hero power wasn't zero, everything would be like completely fine. Like with that deck and just the hero, like the Anduin and everything. It's just Raza being free is just crazy broken, <laughs> like like crazy good. Um, how do yeah. how do you how do you build a deck to counter it right now? Like, is there anything to counter it outside of speed? Uh, quest mage and jade druids are common. Like they have good win rates against priest. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the two off the top of my head that does well against them. Oh, and big priest and ram druid. Yeah, big yeah, big stuff. <laughs> Even dragon. Yeah. I think dragon priest and it does pretty well against yeah, it. Yeah, dragon priest. Combo really dragon priest it does pretty well. I mean, um, the reason, reason people play Scalebane is just because it doesn't die to, to dragons. Dragon, you know, dragon, dragon fire potion, potion. Yeah, yeah. Dragonfire potion. So. Play dragon decks. There yeah, you go. There it's you a go. counter. There you go. Yeah. Play dragon decks and then throw in a, uh, a Geist in there Dirty. just to kill, kill uh, a... Geist, Dirty potion. Rat, Dragon deck. <laughs> yeah. There you go. This Easy. is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make Easy. my anti-Kazakis <laughs> priest... Uh, Dragon Priest with all these cards. Oh, we've all had our days, man. I, I play all those <laughs> cards in Mindbreaker too. It's just like, you're not gonna beat me next time you play me. I promise you, you're not gonna yeah. beat me. Yeah. Um, okay. Next question. Priest- I'm in- oh, go ahead. You have a last. No, I mean yeah. Priest is just that deck right now. That number one public enemy deck where I don't care if I lose against every other deck, but if I can just beat down Priest, because like the the feeling Successful you get. Successful when- day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You can 100% win rate against priest, 0% win rate against yeah. the class. That's success. Call that a win. Yeah. Uh, exactly. uh, I, I would like to see what the meta would be like without it. If, if that priest didn't exist, I think we would see other priests, to be honest. I think other priests would actually be in the tier 2 and range if, if um, you know machine gun priest was just out of here. So, mm-hmm. it, yeah, I'd, I'd really love to see what that would be like. That would be awesome. Uh, all right, Ahmed N with the new Twitch plugin. Can Hearthstone tournaments finally show decklists as it can be minimized or maximized? You know, it's never been about whether they can show decklists or not. They've just chosen not to to, to show decklists. Like they don't want to show decklists. That's like an actual choice that they've made. At least that's what I've heard. And I've never agreed with that. But um, so. They're not going to do it, Ahmed. I'd be shocked if they did it. Uh, I personally would like to see them do it just because I, I think that the more information the spectators have, the the more accessible it is and the, the, the better it is just to really show what the story is of this game, you know, and how things are playing out. You know, like uh, a lot of times we just don't know what the percentages are, what chance like something's coming up, you know, nobody knows, right? Uh, if you showed all the deck lists, we know that they only have five cards left, and oh my god, is he going to get it right now? You know that sort of thing. Like you, you really feel that tension versus, oh, um, you know, Frodan or, or whoever, you know, Saddle or, or hey, there's five cards in their deck, and he draws. You know, there's like a difference between visually seeing it and hearing it. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think about showing deck lists? Mm, you mean like during the game, right? Yeah, like old school. You know, like what we used to do. I mean, I used to do it back in Deck Wars, but, you know, like, the, the, the concept would be to show the deck list and then show the cards, you know, like, like marking out the cards that have been played, you know, like, like graying them out. Okay. Yeah. I think uh, the big issue is just, like, space. Yeah, that's but, what I was going to say. You can still but, like, it. if it's a, a slide-in, like, towards, like, a critical moment, like, near fatigue or, like, three cards left, like, just slide it in for, like, 10 seconds, let the casters, like, point out 
the options remaining and then slide it back out. I think that's totally fine. And it's like, I think it's something they should do, mm-hmm. but I think they can't just put it there. Cause it's like two deck lists. They got the faces on the left. It's literally like the minimum amount of space they have for the board, like the portrait, the cards and the, yeah, they would, they would the have right. to do like top, right, bottom left, you know, like kind of the, that old type of, uh, uh, format, which is not quite as good as having both cams on the same side, I would say, but yeah, they could still fit it if they really, really wanted to. Uh, it's yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna agree with Toast there. I think it just comes down to space. Like for me personally, I feel like I need to have a lot of the board state, or I, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just a yeah. personal no. pet peeve. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I think the viewers are just very visual people. It's like mm-hmm. they just want to see it. Like you could technically play a game of Hearthstone with just text, right? Like you can have all that information on paper, and you like any good player would be able to like know exactly what's going on. But you know, the best thing about Hearthstone is just being able to see. Oh, look at these crazy effects! Like oh, sparkly! Like the way it drags, the way like it comes into the field. Like when you punch someone in the face for thirty damage, like that oomph. Like that's what that Hearthstone. Oomph. Yeah, it's like <laughs> boom. It's like and then people clapping. Satisfaction. Kind of yeah, like it's it's a big part of uh, Blizzard's mentality and their like mission mm-hmm. is to make it as visually appealing as yeah. possible. So I think that's the main reason why they don't want to like uh, here's the deck list and just have it eat up like ten percent of the space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's it for the questions, guys. Thanks for writing in again. Send those in to Valuetown at and We'll get to them. But we're going to wrap it up. Um, uh, I think we're all going to be at TwitchCon this coming, yeah. actually tomorrow. I think I fly out tomorrow. I think you guys probably fly out tomorrow too. So I will see you guys there. Um, what are y'all's plans? Like, what are you guys doing at TwitchCon? Um, for me, the October, October Brawl, Brawl event right, right. is actually on Friday. Okay. I what don't have like all of the specifics yet, so I don't want to <laughs> say something. I, I believe it's at 1 p.m. on Friday, but just stay tuned. I'll tweet about it, Jack. I'm sure everyone will be tweeting about it, but um, that'll be on Friday. And then other than that, I don't know. I'm just going to have a good time, try and talk to a bunch of people and see cool. some cool panels, you know? Yeah. Got to watch the podcast panel on Saturday. Yeah, the podcast panel. Yeah. <laughs> Your chili will be your, your <laughs> chili will be there. Uh, Tess, how about you? What are you going to be doing on TwitchCon? Uh, nothing. Sad, <laughs> noticeable. What? I'm just, I'm just chilling. No, that's okay, man. Chilling, chilling is the best kind just of. Uh, it's the best. The best way to get to. I think attend TwitchCon and BlizzCon. We don't have to work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just enjoying the sights. Yeah. Talking to other streamers. Guys. You didn't go last year, right? Like, have you? This is your first. No, I, w- I wasn't cool last year. <laughs> But uh, this year I'm cool Didn't now. Make it last year. <laughs> please, man, please. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, I'll see you guys there. Uh, yeah. So we're, I'm doing a podcast panel with um, uh, Kicked Tribe by John from uh, Wellmet and uh, uh, the Payload. If you guys watch any of those podcasts and Total Biscuit too, so check that out. That's going to be in PJ Sugar on tw- at 12, and then I'm doing Streamer Showdown on the Glitch Stage at 1:30 on Saturday with. Uh, DJ Weed hosting and Manverse Game, Bikeman and Elspeth. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And it's going to, we got an awesome surprise too for the pro- So if you're at TwitchCon, go and watch Streamer Showdown because you have a chance to win something really cool if you're there. 
uh, we, we tied in, we kind of tied that into streamer showdown and we're, we're going to surprise everybody once we get there. So, uh, yeah, just a little bit of a teaser there, but we'll be back, uh, of course, obviously with value town and Jackie next week. So, um, you know, hope you guys tune in There's obviously Jackie's channels, but are uh, you want to do any shout outs, uh, toast before we go? A shout out. I, I, every time you ask me to do shout out, I never know what to say. You're like your own lone wolf, man. Like, so. uh, <laughs> shout out to Value Town for Ooh, inviting me. Nice. Shout out to. Uh, uh, who, who else should I shout out? Mom? 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 Parents? Shout out to mom for giving birth. <laughs> Okay. Me and uh, shout out to Twitch Chat, of course, with your support and your constant <laughs> criticism of my Hearthstone <laughs> gameplay. It you really helps me. PUBG gameplay yeah. recently. Yeah, I mean, hey, you're like, good at PUBG. I was watching the other night. You were cut that stairway. Pretty, pretty good. <laughs> no, I'm just yeah, I, I've been practicing with pro players. Yeah. Like, I, I'm the best Hearthstone player in the world right now. So my next goal mm -hmm. is to become the best PUBG player in the world. And I'm almost there. Is this a theme on my on my on my pod, on our podcast right now? When is this? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool, man. Well, anyways, you know, you guys know where to find Toast. I mean, you can find him on this Twitch channel. This guy's Toast. Yeah, they know where to find him. You guys know. <laughs> uh, but Ali, you want to do some shout outs? Uh, yeah, shout out to Fate to Karma, uh, mine and Jackie's team. Obviously, Jackie's not here, but Jackie will actually be uh, do here at my house for next week's show. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, sweet. Okay. Yeah, we're so we got to figure, figure out, out how to do that. Um, yeah, we're going to figure that out. Shout out to Team Light for those of you still, you know, supporting me with the Team Light card backs. Uh, the patrons, gracias. Thank you for allowing us to do what we do. We really love you and appreciate you. The chat. Toast beat me to that, so <laughs> whatever. Um, and whatever. whatever. And yeah, I think that's it. So, all right, yep. cool. Yeah, I'll round things out by thanking, obviously, to you guys for doing the show. It was a lot of fun today. Um, also, thanks to the, all the patrons for supporting the show. You guys are amazing and great shoes for sponsoring this episode. Uh, those of you that are looking for any kind of awesome shoes to wear, Go to greats.com and check out the variety of shoes they have in their catalog and use the value promotion or the value promo code to get 15% uh, off. So uh, do that. And uh, if you want to find the VODs for this episode or any of the shows, go to uh, youtube.com slash TamiMV. And you can find us on iTunes as well as Google Podcast or Google Gosh, Google Play and SoundCloud.com slash ChamanV. And if you like the show, leave us a nice rating because it really helps out SEO-wise. But that's going to be it, guys, for Value Town this week. So for Disguised Toast, Ali Straza, and myself, ChamanV, we'll see you next Bye, week. Bye, guys. Adios. Adios.